welcome to another episode of The Big Question, presented by Friends of Film, a podcast taking an in-depth look at a specific related question. On this episode, we'll discuss how Avengers Endgame sets up the future of the MCU. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, and this week, once again, I'm joined by Josh Daly. Ooh. Hello, Cooper. We made it. We made it. Kind of feels like we should be like be taking swigs of like something like really strong and like <laughs> just like just relaxing and being like, okay, it's behind us. But also like Coke and coffee is not going to be, you know, (laughs) what we need to intake to kind of like process the weekend that was Avengers Endgame. That's true. I mean, it was a lot to take in. It was a lot. We already published our hour and a half episode of our main show, which was just us talking about the movie in spoiler uh, heavy territory. And this episode here, this big question is going to obviously be spoiler heavy for Avengers Endgame as well. So you've not seen the movie Go see it. Why haven't you seen it yet? Mm-hmm. It's like the most anticipated movie of all time, potentially. Uh, it's breaking records every which way at the box office. Yes. So um, if you're one of those few people who have not seen the movie yet, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's and the, why are you listening to this? It's a billion-dollar <laughs> film already. Like, get, get there. Yeah, go go see it. Support it. Uh, and uh, then come back and listen to this big question. Uh, before you do so, if, you've, uh, if you're not a subscriber to us or anything, Josh, is there any way that they can kind of keep up with what we are up to? Yes, there is. Thank you for asking. And that way is on Twitter, at Friends and Film. That's where all of our announcements and shows and news is that we're following and want you to know about as well, trailers and more. Um, but for other big questions, for that great review of the movie that we did, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts. But please go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review us there. That'll help our rank, and then we can find more friends of the show. That's right. Um, but as I mentioned, this is a spoiler-heavy conversation about Avengers Endgame again. So final warning here, spoilers incoming. We are in the endgame now, whatever it takes uh, to discuss this big question, uh, which is discussing what is next for the MCU now. We we've, 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 we have seen the last 11 years. We're getting in the final movie of Phase 3. Um, as Kevin Feige is saying, it's no longer the first movie of Phase 4 in Spider-Man Far From Home in just a couple of months. And this is all coming after the uh, incredible fallout of Avengers Endgame. And it leaves us with a lot of interesting and exciting and sometimes perplexing uh, situations for the future. Starting off with the fact that from this point on, because of the five-year time jump that happens in Avengers Endgame, after the snap and before the if the world is saved and brought back uh, to the order that it was before, uh, the MCU from this point on is set in 2023 and moving forward. Yeah, the first time ever that we are not chronological with, you know, the MCU. It's not present. It's not up to date. We are now behind. Right, and that that is yeah, that is the first time we've seen present. We've seen past. We've never, we have never been in the past of the MCU's future. Yes, the MCU is now ahead of the game. Yes. Rather than behind the times. Or in the times. <laughs> or in the times. Yes, exactly. And I don't know what that really means, other than that they can now have fun with lots of different current events and everything mm-hmm. like that. But most importantly, the time jump from where we are to or where we were to where we are now lets them basically insert stories um, if they want. Yeah. It's sort of like, think of... Well, think of the first Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. where it uses the Battle of New York as a launching point for um, Adrian Tunis's Adrian Toomes. Adrian Toomes' like, career in crime. Mm-hmm. And so what will the snap be for everyone else? It'll be like that defining moment, those five years. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's I think it's interesting to me in the fact that like the MCU, unless explicitly stated otherwise, has always been a, or for the most part, has been a. This movie takes place in the year it is releasing. So yeah. Iron Man takes place in two thousand eight, and even though some people believe it takes place in two thousand and ten, just based on the events of the MCU that happens, um, you know, Age of Ultron takes place in twenty fifteen. Even though it's not explicitly stated, that's when it takes place. That's when it's believed because it came out, and so these movies have all just kind of fallen as they've come, unless you're like. By the way, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 takes place two months after Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so it, it takes place in 2014. Or um, I think that's really the only... And then like, you know, Captain Marvel and Captain America, the first Avenger, take place several years in the past, um, as they very clearly state. But otherwise, we are moving at a, at a pretty linear and realistic time frame. And now we're at a point where after Avengers Endgame, there's a chance that they could explore the five years in the past. But there's also the opportunity with the slate of movies that they have upcoming 
for the MCU to tell stories that are all happening at the same sort of time and touching on characters when they're in the exact same situations in the immediate aftermath oh, of yes. the, the, the third snap that happens in the MCU. Oh yeah. The death, the decimation. Yes. The third well, snap. Well, the re, the, the, the undecimation. Yeah, yeah, what is it? <laughs> Cause it's not the decimation. The decimation was the first one. Then Hulk brought everybody back. And then there was a third snap that wiped out Thanos and his army. Yeah. The um, battle of upstate New York. Right. I'm calling it the Battle of Avengers HQ because I feel like that just yeah I'm sure it'll have a more better. elegant name in the news by the time Far From Home or something else comes <laughs> around that's a little more uh, MCU brand heavy mm-hmm. and I mean you mentioned Far From Home and that's the first movie we see after Avengers Endgame it comes out in the uh, early weeks of July, uh, the early days of July I think they just moved the release date up a yes. couple of days um, so that's coming out a couple of days before the July 4th weekend starts um, so they're getting a head start there making it closer to Avengers Endgame and there's been talk in the past from producer Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige that this movie picks up minutes after Avengers Endgame. Um, but now that we've seen the movie, are we are we like 100% sure that's still the case? Or could they have been like fooling us the whole time? I, I mean, I really don't know. Like if it's minutes after Endgame, that means that we're jump like things are jumping in like really quick. Yeah, it's like Peter's second day back from school. Being like, Ned, you were snapped too? Oh, uh-huh. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess, yeah, whatever the case is. Like, um, so I don't know, but probably. Probably that it I don't does think they pick up. Yeah, probably that it does pick up. Because, like, why they have no reason to lie. Like, mm-hmm. why, why, would it, why would they not say that? We'd already known Peter was snapped by the time Homecoming was being, or Homecoming, Far From Home was being talked about. Uh-huh. So there's no reason for them to be like, well, it's after Infinity War, not pre-before. Yeah. And so running from there, it's just like, well, okay. Like, what now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, it, I think it does make more sense for it to take place um, in a post-Avengers Endgame world. But it, there's also just the fact that we know that Zendaya's returning as Michelle. We know that Tony Revolori's returning as Flash Thompson. Um, Jacob Batalone's back as Ned Leeds. Uh, and Corey Rice is back as uh, Betty Brant. Yes. Like, they're bringing back most of his classmates that we've seen in the pat in the inspiring uh, homecoming who haven't aged a day who haven't aged at all so they've all been snapped so they've all been snapped together maybe that's why this is the group that's going on vacation not only that they're all coincidentally part of the decathlon yeah. is that like everybody else in their class is like gone and graduated and then they're like having to be reacclimated into society and the school system they're, they're like, the you know clique. what let's you guys are all the same shared experiences Let's go on a summer vacay, but also like you know, get an educational experience along the way, and go to Prague and Italy and all these places. Mm-hmm. I could see that being the case. I think it makes even more sense since Iron Man's gone. Uh, that that's the reason why Peter's just like I don't really feel like being Spider Man right now. I just lost my father figure basically for the last several years, mm-hmm. and I want to take a break. Don't want to be a superhero right now because I've like I've been going through some stuff. Yeah, he just insta killed like. Like, you know, a horde of, um, like, Outriders and, you know, Children of Thanos. Which was a great moment. Was a great moment. Yeah, absolutely. And it finally, like, dawned on me that, like, that's a Call of Duty thing. Like, insta-kill. Yeah, for, like, playing zombies and things like that. So I was like, that's actually even funnier for, like, kids (laughs) that, like, watch these movies and having fun with it. Like, you know, that's called instant kill. Um, But, yeah, like, he's definitely, he should have been traumatized and, like, definitely needs a break. Not from school, but Mm -hmm. from, like, you know being a superhero right and for all those ways and so i that's why i feel like it makes sense and i watched the trailer before we jumped on um, Mm -hmm. the pod today and i noticed that like there's a he's you know giving it he's voiceovering but the look he gives the suit um as it's hung up there is just like i really don't want to have to deal with this yeah at all right now and so i think that's why i'm leaning more towards like Far From Home is going to be about what Peter Parker does and how he deals with the aftermath of um, Tony Stark's death mm-hmm. in Endgame, which is so weird to like say so like carefully. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if you were didn't believe us that we were going to talk about yeah, spoilers. Sorry, uh, big spoiler and, alert. And like, you get to like explore what happened through the minds of these kids, like through the eyes of all these kids in that group of like, what's the world like now that the decimation is over, mm-hmm. and how like I don't know like what the what the angle will be for like how they come like are coping with it or coming to terms with it. But it's a, 
it's a way to add a layer on top of like teenage angst and things right. like that for them to run with. So that'd be uh, cool. And I think, I don't remember who he was talking to, but John, I think maybe it was USA Today for their summer preview. Um, but John Watts was talking about Far From Home and he was kind of saying that like the movie is about the world kind of saying, Peter, it's your time to step up and him being like, I, I'm not ready. I don't want to. And I feel that makes more sense thematically and for his character in a world where he just lost his mentor than it does of a world where it takes place before all of these traumatic events happen to him. He's like, nah, like civil war was enough for me. <laughs> Dealing with the vulture was enough for me. I can't, I can't step up further. But like, if he's trying to be, if they're trying to thrust him into this position, especially Nick Fury by recruiting him in the first place, then I think that's where we get into, yeah, it is in a post end game world. Yeah. And like, here's the John Watts's quote from uh, USA today. If Tony's like the supportive, cool uncle Fury's more like the mean new stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such specific language where he's like, Oh, well, if I call him the dad and then you stepdad for Fury, uh-huh. then it's sort of like, well, what happened to dad then? Right. Like, and then and- <laughs> I think he also called Mysterio, uh, Peter's cool uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he called, yeah, he called Tony cool uncle, the supportive cool uncle. But, um, really? Because <laughs> yeah, because in a different USA article, he called Mysterio the cool uncle to interesting uh, Tony's father figure or something. Hmm. So a lot of cool uncles in Peter's life, I guess. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I do think it makes the most sense for Far From Home to be in a post end game world, and I hope that's what it, it is because I think that's more interesting for Peter's character. Um, I just think there's that small um, canon gymnastics you have to go through of being like, I know this is random. Just like how it's it's random that all the original Avengers survived the snap to begin with, it's 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 quote unquote a coincidence that Peter and all of his friends all survive or all were snapped, yeah, and all now are back in the is, same age, yeah, which is believable. Yeah. But like, remember that high school was just packed with like who's who of like, hey, that's a young child star that was really funny in that one movie, <laughs> and they're here they are now, you know, yeah. and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I like the idea that like they had a shared experience and that's why they're all hanging out. That's why Tony Revolori's character is like, you know, he's still, more cool with them. <laughs> yeah. He's more cool with them because it's like, you guys are the only people I recognized in this mm-hmm. high school. So let's be friends. Yeah, like I don't really have a choice anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like all of my cool friends are now in college and mm-hmm. they don't want me to hang out with them because I'm a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah would be, would be, would be fun. would be cool. Um, but going uh, into the end of uh, Avengers Endgame specifically, you know, not all of our main heroes die. Uh, we see some passing of the mantle, specifically with Captain America, where he becomes old man Cap after going back in time to be with Peggy Carter. And now he gives his shield to Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie. And uh, Falcon's not totally on board for the idea at first. Uh, he takes on the shield. He's like, and Cap says, how does it feel? He's like, like it's somebody else's. Um, he's like, it's not. Cheers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got that nice little proud moment for for Falcon and be like, all right, this is, this is my time. Um, I think it's notable that he's chosen over Bucky Barnes, even though both of them have precedence in the comics. Um, I think also that in Avengers Endgame, they they make it pretty clear, um, especially on a rewatch that Bucky knows that this is coming the whole way. Anyways. Yep. Uh, Oh yeah. He's like, you know, the goodbye, right. He's like, I'll miss you. And you're, and you're like, wait, he's going to be gone for five seconds. What's the big deal? I didn't catch that the first yeah, time. Yeah, me neither. Too. And then on the second time, I was like, oh, duh. Mm-hmm. And there's a great callback in that moment to the first Avenger. I'm taking all the stupid whip. Yeah, so good. And uh, that's why I think when they see Old Man Cap, Bucky knows exactly where to look. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, where where did he go? There he is. Hey, Sam. And he's like, you go. Because he knows he's going to be the one. And then I think it'll be Bucky's job to just be there to support him, just like he was there to, to support Steve Rogers throughout all these years. Yeah. And I think that makes for a really cool pairing uh, between them after this kind of uneasy friendship they had at first. So like, hey, can you move your seat up? No. <laughs> and now now we get to see them actually potentially working together. And Falcon becoming Cap is, uh, I'm excited to see that because he doesn't have superpowers. Mm-hmm. He just has his, his jetpack. And so w- what does that do for him and his psyche of like, I'm not the man who Cap was physically, or even potentially morally, and now I have to take on this legacy. What does that do for him? And whether we see a Captain America movie with Falcon as lead, or he's just uh, a, a larger role in the next like Avengers team-up movie or something, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me. I'm just excited to see Falcon take on this. Yeah, yeah. Or And also the idea, like I think it's significant in a lot of ways. Like, giving that shield to Bucky would have been, would have been something. It would have been like, oh, best friends. But I think giving it to Sam like speaks a lot more about the future of Captain America and like where Marvel 
is can take the franchise mm-hmm. and like you know step it's another step towards diversifying yep. their portfolio of heroes and everything like that um uh physically yeah he's just he's just gonna be a guy this time around like i don't know what you gonna kind of see where you're going morally i just feel like cap but, cap has always had this like he's very like I'm always going to make the right decision. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we have seen Falcon make necessarily wrong decisions in the past. Sure. But like, we don't know if like his will has been tested as much as like oh, yeah. Steve's has and like how he'll respond to those we certain really situations. Had those solo outings. Right. But there's definitely like, I mean, he felt good enough about passing. If Captain America's like, right. you're the guy I'm going to give yeah, it to. Yeah, I'm not going to question him. And like, I just watched and was reminded of Winter Soldier right before I started. And Sam is you know, de- like already out there trying to help other people any way he knows how. And that's through working at the VA um, and support groups and things like yeah. that. So like those are just little those notes um, that are, or the seeds that are planted to like, you know, give that mantle passing at least a little more credibility and right. credibility, you know, from what we know about Sam Wilson mm-hmm. um, throughout the series. And now it's like finally his time to like take over. But I don't know anything about that iteration of Captain America and what he does and what he's about, but um, definitely, I mean, Sam Wilson is Captain America going forward. Yeah. And I wonder then, does this play into the Disney Plus series? I, I would think so. I think it'll probably be about Falcon kind of tr- learning to accept this title because he is, even though he kind of he gets that kind of proud look on his face when mm-hmm. Cap's kind of like, no, like it's yours, like you're going to do a great job, basically. Like he's like, okay, I can do this, but like taking on the mantle of Captain America, one of your best friends, it's going to come with its challenges, and uh, you know, like, I just think that'll probably be what the show is about. And then Bucky's there to support him, and be like, like, dude, you got this, like, mm-hmm. you can do this. And then it's about him growing into the role, and so that way, when he's next on the big screen, everybody who doesn't watch the show is like, oh, like, look, he's been Captain America for all this time. But then if you watch it, you're like, oh no, he's actually struggled with that. And now he's like, so that makes it potentially even cooler that he's just not like proudly got the shield, got the wings, and like he's doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, which would be very cool. The other one we get is uh, Valkyrie is uh, the new head of New Asgard. She is mm-hmm. the queen, the ruler over all the remaining Asgardians as Thor leaves to go do his own thing uh, in a certain extent. Um, and I think this is a really great passing towards us, not as uh, maybe emotional or powerful as the Falcon one. Um, but I'm probably more excited to see Valkyrie take on a central leading role here than I am to see Falcon Cap. As much as I love Anthony Mackie, Tessa Thompson, she's cooler. Is, is much cooler. I <laughs> uh, just like just, just, just every time she's on screen, she's been a little bit more entertaining than Sam Wilson. Sam's right. going to finally have his time soon. But Valkyrie, it, like you know, when you we were introduced to her in Ragnarok, it's like. Why have you? Where have you been the last five movies? Right. You know, and why has she been up thing. there all this time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get her on Earth, and so like when they, it's just like an unceremonious handshake, but the the kick butt potential that Valkyrie shows in that battle um, of up in the Battle of Upstate New York, where she is just soaring around on the Pegasus, lancing worm dragons or whatever those things are is so cool. Yeah. They're like, she gonna do, she's going to do that again sometime soon, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if Thor gave her Stormbreaker 2 or not. I don't know. But I think it'd be cool if, like, she has to, like, go find her own weapon or... Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't think she's going to be... Like, she's, she's, I don't think she's going to take on the Thor mantle in the way of, like, you know, Valkyrie's done in the past in the comics or even Jane Foster has where she gets Mjolnir and now she, like has the powers of Thor with all the electricity and everything. I don't know if they'll go that route um, or not, or if they'll just go and be like, she's just Valkyrie. And I think that's probably more powerful instead of doing like Thor four or Thor colon Valkyries born or whatever you'd call it. Like, I think it's probably more powerful to have Taika Waititi just direct a Valkyrie movie for sure. And just have that be the thing. And if it's not Taika, that's fine. Um, But he apparently has pitched a Thor four movie. That's what, what that's what Tessa has said that she's heard that he's pitched something. Um, so I don't know if that'd be Thor and Valkyrie back together and teaming up, or mm-hmm. if that's literally Valkyrie solo movie. Yeah. And she was just calling it Thor four. Cause 
she wasn't allowed to obviously reveal, hey, by the way, I'm yeah. thinking of Rasgard. Um, but uh, super excited for Tessa, obviously. And uh, again, it's another step in the diversity range. She's been very public about having want uh, Valkyrie be bisexual um, in the movies as well. So I won't be surprised if they go that route with this character in the future. And a lot of people are shipping her and Captain Marvel and uh, both the actresses seem on board for it. So I mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. But uh just very excited to see Valkyrie take on this leading role. Uh, whether it's in a solo movie, she gets a Disney Plus series of her own of her reshaping Asgard because she kind of says, I'm going to make a lot of changes. He's like, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, probably need to. Yeah, like, it's probably a good thing. It's a very dingy town. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm, I, I want to see, like, if they're going to stay in Norway or if they're going to go back to space. Like, there's a lot of different possibilities they can do with Valkyrie and the Asgardians. And, uh, I was assuming Korg and Meek are going to be with her as well, which just makes it uh, oh, a great trio. Yeah, it would be the, the, the perfect two, like, non-straight people. Or not, like, or, like, she's, like, she'll, she'll show them being the straight. Right. <laughs> and they're going to be, like, the loose cannons or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. Yeah. No, I'm not talking, yeah. Like, yes, in terms of yes, comedy yes. versus, right. like, she's going to be She's going to be the straight man uh, yes. character versus, <laughs> like, the, get the overly. sexuality right, real yes. quick. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe be clear there. <laughs> um, also, I love that they gave... Uh, Korg a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, they gave Korg and Meek and both. So we, we didn't really talk about we them, but they're but like, oh, like man. lovely introductions. Um, <clears throat> it was like one of the only things that made my brother laugh throughout the entire <laughs> film was Korg because he thinks Taika Waititi is great. He is great. Um, but uh, the reason that uh, Valkyrie is now in charge of Asgard is because, as I mentioned, Thor has gone off to join the Guardians of the Galaxy, or as mm-hmm. he calls them, the Asgardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> uh, which is a recent comic name that's kind of been taken up. Um, not because Thor joins the Guardians, but actually because Thor's sister, I believe, is the one who joins the Guardians. Yeah. Um, but this translation to this uh, in the movies, I think, is a, a great move. Having Thor, whether he's fat Thor or regular, bulky, muscular Chris Hemsworth Thor, uh, yeah. either way, the power struggle between him and um, <laughs> Peter Quill <laughs> is phenomenal right from the start of... like. Just you know, I'm in. I'm in charge, and then he's like, "I know, I know yeah, you're in charge for sure." You say that, but you touch the map right. again, <laughs> and then he's like, "Guys, no, we're not going to fight. We don't. No need for knives or blasters. Everybody knows who's in charge." And there's awkward moments of silence, and then mm-hmm. Peter's like, "It's me. I'm in charge. Just, just so everybody's clear." Thor goes, "Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, like look uh-huh. it over." Okay, yeah. and Peter just kind of gets just like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> what's happening here?" Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really excited to see that dynamic play out for a full two hours. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, and it's really like Chris Hemsworth embracing this new at like Thor attitude from Thor three and onward. Mm-hmm. And that's like the most exciting part about this. And I think I said like in our main show review that Chris Hemsworth is better at comedy than I think being like a serious actor. Oh yeah. Like Rush is his only staple everything else is just really falling off falling apart in all sorts of ways yeah i mean like he's fine in the heart of the sea but like nothing special okay. yeah that was gonna be the only one where it's like maybe he's okay there yeah but i haven't seen it so black hat pretty terrible movie so <laughs> doesn't enough. bring a lot there <laughs> they tried to do hacker but now yeah he's with them which was the highlight the surprising gem in infinity war uh-huh. that nobody saw coming he's gonna be with rocket his main man or yeah and now James Gunn has probably written for this eventuality. You, yeah, he'd have to. Like, there's no way that they's like, "Hey, surprise, you're back!" But also he, Thor's here. Like, yeah, he, no. I mean, he's he's uh, an executive executive produced these movies. Yep. Not executive, but produced. He's an executive producer. Okay, yeah, executive produced these movies. He wrote for the Guardians uh-huh. and all of their characters. And so, knowing how those ended, you we have to know. Oh yeah, that he wrote Thor into Guardians of the Galaxy 3, forbearing some kind of massive change-up event or something like that, or crossover where Thor gets dumped off. But, no, which I guess is possible. Like, I, could, possible. I could see them like but, doing some adventure, and he's there for like the first 45 minutes, and yeah. then he goes off on his own thing. That's set up for Thor 4 or something, but mm-hmm. I think it's much more um, interesting to have him be around the whole time. Yeah, exactly. In, in total, like just like, I'm ready to see where the universe takes me, right? Rather than like trying to follow any like charted destiny, uh-huh. which is so interesting, like you know about the lore of Thor and like they've been playing to Ragnarok. Like, what happens after Ragnarok? Nothing. That's the end of like right. Thor stories. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's the end of the mythology. Mm-hmm. And so he's basically he's just you know a free agent, right? <laughs> and wherever that'll take them and the Guardians will be super cool. I'm sure. Like, it'd just be absolutely hilarious as we get there. 
Yeah, and the Guardians lineup now, Nebula is officially a member of them. She's aboard the Benatar, mm-hmm. which is nice to see that she's like legitimately joined them. Kraglin's not there, which is just because I think he wasn't there in Infinity War anyways. So it's like eh, he's, he's like a loose member, I would assume. Yeah. Um, but the other kind of loose end here is Gamora. That's right. Because she died in Infinity War, uh, but then she returns in Endgame as a 2014 version of herself uh, through time travel. And her fate is very much left up in the air, whether the 2014 version's alive and around, whether she was dusted. Um, and then we see Peter Quill before Thor boards the Benatar mm-hmm. and kind of starts swiping away at the screens. <laughs> right. uh, we'd see that Quill is searching the galaxy, Earth. We don't know exactly wh- where he's searching, but he's searching for Gamora. Uh, we don't see what the result of that search is, which I think is just an open-ended question for Guardians 2 to answer then. Um, and I think it's pretty telling that this movie was originally supposed to be the kickoff of the 2020 year that we wouldn't have to wait very long to get these answers. Now we probably will. Thanks to the James Gunn firing rehiring situation. Yeah. Um, but so I think this movie is going to pick up very quickly after Avengers Endgame, like a couple of days, a couple of months, like a year most probably. And uh, we see what the Guardians are doing immediately after this. And the search for Gamora is on whether I tend to believe that this is going to be a search for the version of Gamora that they lost in Infinity War rather the than the 2014 version. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit too complicated and breaks the rules of what Endgame did and what Infinity War did. But um, anyway, like, it'll be, it's gonna probably stick with that family theme of, like, finding one of your own. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's somebody out there that's lost, like the prodigal the, the, the prodigal son type attitude maybe uh-huh. with Gamora and it'll be about like bringing her back. It'll, it'll basically be fast and furious seven or whatever. Eight, which one does she lose her memory in? Um, does oh, Michelle that's Rodriguez, uh, uh, six, seven, Jason Statham's in it and it's in the collapse parking garage rubble that she remembers who Don is. Uh, it'll be kind of like that, but instead of remembering, it'll just sort of be like Peter Quill being like, Hey, let's date again. She'll be like, <laughs> maybe we'll see. And then it'll kind of like let Nebula and um, Gamora kind of switch roles a little bit. Where Nebula gets to be like the reluctantly warm one and Gamora's like, oh, I don't know. I'm out of my own time. I need to go back. And they're like, we can't go back. Or you probably can, but why would you want to? <laughs> Whatever the case is. So it'll yeah. be interesting. Maybe about letting go or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I just think that I mentioned this to you before we recorded that. I just think if you go with the 2014 version of Gamora, there's a there's a, a a more likely chance that you're retreading territory in some ways of like the old Star-Lord Gamora relationship of like, mm-hmm. are they a thing? Are they not a thing? Is there a connection? Is there not a connection? Um, Gamora trying to like fight back. Like, oh, I know I end up with this guy, but like, I don't see it. Star-Lord trying to win her back in some ways. And I think it'd just be more fitting for that story to, con- to somehow conclude with like them being re- like the actual version that we've seen reunited instead of like, them trying to make it work with a different version of themselves. Right. Um, and also the soul world is a big part of Adam Warlock's thing. And Adam Warlock was set up at the end of guardians too. So maybe there's a connection there oh, that's right. um, in some way. And we also see at the end of Avengers, or we see in the beginning of Avengers Endgame that the infinity stones are destroyed. And so then they're all taken back to the right place in the timeline. So they're all destroyed in this current 2023 version of the MCU. So, if the soul stone is destroyed, would the soul that was sacrificed to get it be restored? I don't know. I could just see that being one explanation for how she's back in some ways. Yeah, but the Adam Warlock thing as well yeah. would be interesting too. If that's his deal, is the soul world? So, which that's just the comic thing that could obviously not be the case, especially if he's created in a world where the soul stone's already been destroyed. Uh, that connection probably wouldn't be there specifically unless there's like ancient ties between the sovereign and the soul stone to begin with or something, which could be, I guess, potential, uh, possible, but, um, either way, uh, I think we'll, I think guardians three, whether it's 2014 Gamora or 2018 Gamora, she is going to be like the MacGuffin. And that's what this movie's going to be about is searching and finding her. And, uh, I'm excited to see whatever James Gunn has dreamt up, whether, uh, whichever Gamora it is that we're going to get. Um, but the uh, movie we will see next year, early next year, most likely it's not confirmed yet, but uh, all indications are the, is the black widow solo movie that a lot of people have been waiting uh, many years to see. Yeah. It's finally happening. ScarJo is back to start in it. But now after Avengers Endgame, we see that she is definitely dead in this uh, present timeline. So this is not going to be a sequel to Avengers Endgame. This is a hundred percent going to be a prequel, right? 
Yeah, it has to be. Unless there's some last minute, you know, reorganization. Right. We don't see something where when Cap did return the Soul Stone that, you know, she's she, back. she was back and yeah. now she's just doing something else. Yeah, it feels cheap. And I be like, you know, psyching us out about Iron Man's death. Right. And he just did it to go be alone somewhere on a mountain or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, with his family. So that would be really wild and random if that were the case. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I think and then it, it removes Scarlett Johansson out for the role. But when you do a prequel, it'd be like, well, you do a prequel and then you're done forever. Right. And maybe there's like a little wink and a nod to somebody else who can jump in, you mm-hmm. know, later or whatever. Yeah, like Florence Pugh's character or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. And so Black Widow is a prequel. Now, when you're thinking prequel, you're thinking like origin. This is 19, or this is like the early 2000s. She's just getting out of the KGB or Russian stuff and she's entering S.H.I.E.L.D. Or are we mm-hmm. to like, is it possible now that we've mentioned this, like there's this five-year gap. We don't know what's happening. Could this be a prequel to Inf- to uh, to Endgame, but sequel to Infinity War? We see what Black Widow's up to in between. Yeah, I see that. There's like there's devastation in that five years after where she's like, I've just been trying to do this mm-hmm. the entire time. And I'm like, okay, well, she's been at work, but she's probably had Avengers help. But the casting we've seen for her movie mm-hmm. um, kind of a kind of seems like it's moving towards something kind of more uh, like an international thriller. Yeah, and something along the lines of Jason Bourne Mm -hmm. or one of those films and the way that it's been cast and kind of, I don't know, just like the, the nationalities of actresses really. And so I think that would make more sense in a pre Avengers era or at least a pre Iron Man era. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just about her probably, you know, in Budapest or meeting Hawkeye (laughs) or something like that before, you know, the change happens and she's, you know, like that final turn for her character. Right. Um, because it would be like, the, it would be the crossing the T or dotting the I to her leap and why she wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, you see her ultimate sacrifice, but now you see how she started on this journey to begin with, not as a secretary slash undercover agent in Iron Man two. This is how she actually became black mm-hmm. widow. Right. I think that makes a lot of sense. There's also the line in this movie when black, when, um, they get to Vormir where Red Skull mentions Black Widow's father's name, and yeah. then she says, I don't even know my father's name. Oh, so yeah. So that could be a, like, oh, maybe that's what this movie's about in some way, is mm-hmm. her, like, losing her family and then finding a new family with S.H.I.E.L.D. slash the Avengers. Yeah. That's possible. But also, I think it'd be, and I, that's probably what I put my money on, is that this is like a early 2000s, you know, yeah, Jason Bourne-esque, like, mm-hmm. not Jason Bourne, I guess Bourne Identity-esque, like, uh, Black Widow solo movie, an right. origin movie. Um, but I also think it'd be really fascinating if it was like, here's what she did in the five years in between Infinity War and Endgame, where she's struggling with all these losses. We don't have to like de-age ScarJo by like a decade, even though she looks great anyways. Um, and then you could have Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Wise, um, uh, O.T. Fagbanelli. Like you have all these people around that then could return in the future instead of being like, Oh, well, if Florence Pugh is another spy who's like her coworker in a sense, now we have to like age her up like 20 years <laughs> to get her into like the 2025 timeline that she'd like return in. Right. Like there's, there's a, that's a huge gap to make instead of just be like, Oh yeah. Like this is, yeah. I feel like it makes probably more sense for the future of the MCU. If any of these characters are going to return exactly to be a, in between infinity war and Endgame movie. Yeah. It's kind of a crazy throwaway. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, well, we have Scarlett Johansson, and we want to pay her, and also, like, we know a Black Widow movie would make money, uh-huh. so let's go ahead and do it, and then she can move on. Right. So, yeah, it's strange, but at the same time, it makes sense mm-hmm. um, to do a it make right. It makes sense like chronologically to be like, all right, yeah, we'll throw you forward. Like that's why Iron Man or Captain Marvel and Captain America's origins were like that's fine to throw them back there, right? Because because they can have slowed aging through their powers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're going to be up here. You're going to be frozen in time uh-huh. for uh, you know nearly a hundred years. So, but yeah, Black Black Widow confounds me. I don't know what they're going to do, and they could it could equally go both ways. I think. Yeah, I, I all I know is that early, very early versions of this uh, movie were reported to feature Winter Soldier, um, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier, not as Bucky Barnes, mm-hmm. um, back when he was still an agent of Hydra and everything. And I feel like those those talks have like disappeared. I guess that they could return and maybe we'll 
get a report in a couple of weeks when the movie starts filming that, yeah. yep, he's he's back, he's on set, and we're moving forward. And it's like, okay, this is definitely taking place earlier. But if he's not part of that cast list, I feel like this is going to be a – my gut instinct right now is just that this is going to take place in the five-year gap. And I'll probably be wrong about that. Um, but I think that's like – after what we saw from Black Widow in, this, in Endgame, I think that's a much more interesting period to explore – than how she became a, a spy in the first place. I feel yeah. like I feel like we know that story and doesn't change a lot. Whereas we could see the the devastation and the um, the chaos, the chaos that like she's going through and that she's trying to lead the Avengers through at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, we get some details on that soon. Um, we also know that the Eternals is a movie that's coming out probably next year as well. It's going to film at some point this year uh, with Chloe Zhao directing, with Angelina Jolie, Kumail Nanjiani, and um, uh, a myriad of other cast. Somebody members else that are joining. Um, part of the cast as well. Uh, Madong Siak is the other one. Um, that uh, I think this is the one that probably won't be in the immediate aftermath of Endgame or anything. It'll be like a cosmic prequel that takes place like a thousand years in the past or something. Uh, it could like introduce us to like early versions of Titan and Thanos and Thanos's father, Alars, I think supposed to be in this movie um, as one of the cast members. Uh, at least according to character breakdowns. I'm like, sorry, who? Alars. A Lars. Yeah. Who's, who's father? Thanos's father. Oh, okay. Or grandfather. Wow. I think. I can't remember. Um, but his connection to Thanos in some ways. Uh, and, a, then, and then Thanos' brother, Eros, is supposed to be in the movie as well, according to casting breakdowns. Yikes. So maybe it's not the end of Josh Brolin. <laughs> it's Thanos. We get a quick little early Mad Titan stuff uh, in this movie, potentially. Do we know if that's a prequel? We do not. I'm just guessing that it is. Because Kevin Feige, I think, has talked about this movie being like, a origin story for the like, entire like, a, like, a, like an origin story but also it's a it's a franchise that, that could span a thousand years and i'm like well if you're gonna do that you gotta do that in the past you're, uh-huh. not, you're not gonna span a thousand years in the future or something like right. you go back and tell a super disconnected to the larger thing you can bring back the infinity stones and set up all this stuff with celestials and the oh, watchers man. and you could just like really break down the cosmos um and then introduce us to a brand new standalone uh bunch of characters that can then live for thousands of years and barely age. Are you going to be okay with Infinity Stones seeing them again? If they're in the past, sure. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to see them return in the future. I don't even want to see them in the past anymore. Now I mean, I, more to keep thinking about it. I'm kind of sick of them. <laughs> I don't know why they would need to come back, but sure. then again, I didn't. I didn't think we would need the Tesseract in Captain Marvel. Yeah, when we did. <laughs> there's got to be some kind of. That's true. There's got to be some kind of new. Um, I don't know thing for them to like be like. That thing, if they get it, they're very powerful. The end type of a thing. Um, so, well, I guess we'll see. But like, I'm like, I, I may roll my eyes if I see Infinity Stones again. Just, just a little. Though. Right. As long as they're not like a, like I mean, a, a major focus of a like the next major story. Right. But they need to show up, or they don't even need to. If but they, if they like make mention of. Oh, by the way, <laughs> the Eternals like created one of those. Like, sure, whatever. Yeah. Like, if, like, but yeah, anything other than like. Yeah, I don't want to care about them again. Yeah, yeah, no, like I think I think I think that's very purposeful. They destroyed them in the in end games to so be like, yes, like we're done. I loved that. <laughs> You're moving on, <laughs> and it's it's a great one of those ways of continuing to move for the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot to go on with the Eternals, especially after Endgame. Other than I think it would be interesting to see more of early Thanos uh, potentially in this movie. Yeah, we could be. It's gonna be a very prequely. Um, Phase? Phase. I think yeah. it'll be all over the place. I think it'll be movies that take place in the immediate aftermath. Black Widow could take place in the middle of the movies uh, or even earlier before. And then we could have movies like Eternals take place thousands of years before any of these events take place. So uh, it's all very interesting. Black Panther 2, it's kind of in a similar place. It's like this movie doesn't change a lot. Everybody's back alive. Mm-hmm. Great. Thumbs up. <laughs> right. Um, I think the only other thing is it's a possible tease, but it's not like very direct. Um, there's a moment during the uh, Avengers meeting with Black Widow, Okoye, Nebula, Rocket, Captain Marvel, and War Machine. Oh yeah, that uh, Okoye mentions underwater earthquakes. Namor? Question mark. Mm-hmm. That, I didn't even think about that. That's what I was thinking. As soon and, as you uh, said it, I was like, oh, of course, the yeah. Atlanteans. And I was like, that just seems like a very, uh, a very quick line of dialogue that could be nothing but also it's like everything feels purposeful in this movie uh-huh. <laughs> and why would you just mention like why are they have to underwater earthquakes why couldn't mm-hmm. it just be and she's like we don't deal with those it's because there's a history between Wakanda and Atlanteans they're like we don't go near them they don't go near us and we're yeah. good 
or if it's just like it's a the tectonic plate shift, you know, that happens all the time on planet right. Earth. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's, it's a great way to introduce or show uh, Black Widow's like on, how on edge she is, and then you get to see um, Denai Greer like throw side eye right. at all these people, like <laughs> just like so matter of the fact and so so dismissive but aggressive and condescending, but like. Um, you know, like endearing. She's like, we do, no, we handle it by doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's, yes, that's how the earth works. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, that, you know, underwater earthquakes I, are natural and everything. Well, but. Oh yeah. No, but like you're, no, you're, yes, yes, you're yes. on point, I think there, but it all, in, the, the, in the movie, the yeah, first yeah. time you hear it, it plays like, oh, she's on edge, but oh in yeah, for sure. context. There you go. Yeah. I think, I think it makes sense. I think then we get the, the class of civilizations. Yep. And, uh, very different ones of that. And, uh, if that's the case, I'm super fascinated to see what Ryan Cougar would do with the Atlantean versus Wakandan uh, war. Um, so that's really all we have to go on Black Panther 2 other than T'Challa's back. Maybe we'll get to learn kind of how Wakanda was running in the five years that mm-hmm. him and Shuri were gone. Was she the Black Panther? Was Mbaku the Black Panther? Was anybody Black Panther? We don't know. Um Doctor Strange 2, we know that's coming as well with Scott Derrickson directing it. Yep. And uh, I think this is a big one uh, only because uh, – a, we know that the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, as Ancient One confirms that Doctor Strange is in this present timeline, uh, that he he's gone for five years, which leaves the Earth and the whole multiverse with a uh, very large gap in protection uh, without Doctor Strange around. But also, he doesn't have the Time Stone anymore. So his cherished asset, like the thing that makes him very powerful, even though he shows, again, why he's the Sorcerer Supreme in Avengers Endgame by you know making a giant hurricane all by himself <laughs> yeah. to stay away from drowning um but i'm interested to see how that factors into everything because there's no time loops there's no go backs there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing it's you got to deal with it now and you can't mess up yeah absolutely and we know that uh, derrickson once nightmare yep is trying to um, fingers crossed fingers crossed it, it'll be a very cool movie i think when it comes around i don't know It'll probably be a little more self-contained. I think Strange's last movie was like, um, was more grand and like you have to deal with an Infinity Stone so we can throw you into the plot. This mm-hmm. time it'll it'll have a chance to be a little more personal. Winter Soldiery, where yeah. we like we can get to the core of who Strange is and mm-hmm. what he's still lacking, what he's still missing, and hopefully play with some horror tropes for the first time in the MCU. Right. Well, and fingers crossed. Um, we don't know if Baron Mordo was snapped or not, but if he wasn't, this is five more years for him to do his stealing people's magic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be a really fascinating thread to pick up on I in the sequel as well. Love to see Ojafer back. Yeah, he's got to come back. I don't. I think there's no, there's no reason that Derrickson would tease that and then not pay it off in a sequel. Uh, that just seems a strange decision. And I think um, uh, Robert C. Cargill who kind of detailed yeah we want nightmare to be the the villain of the sequel also they were like really brave they've been really brazen about like what we want to do oh yeah well i think that was in the period where it was like we don't know if this movie's gonna happen or not and mm-hmm. he was like speaking at, like a a festival and he's like by the way here's what happened then somebody within the audience was like record uh-huh share this with some online outlet and now boom it's out there and everybody knows what they want dr change to be and that could change completely of course after avengers endgame because yeah. they probably marching orders they probably didn't know what was all all gonna happen um but i still think that's probably where we'll end up going uh shang chi's another movie that's in development for phase four Again, not a lot to pick up on here uh, sp- uh, concerning Avengers Endgame, what it means, other than maybe this is another one of those movies that takes place in the uh, intermission between Infinity War and Endgame, where Shang-Chi has to rise up and be the hero because half of the other heroes are gone, and now he's got to protect his home yep. um, from uh, the chaos that's around it. I could see that happening, um, but I also could see them just very easily... Yeah picking up after the fact the potential to tell stories in that five-year gap is really enticing to me like and like as much as i want them to be like all right i don't want to keep retreading and end game mm-hmm. at the same time it's a big deal yeah and if you want to push past it or move forward with it like let spider-man cap it off mm-hmm. but then jump back i don't know if about a black widow movie during that time but shang chi that would give a chance for ronin to show back up yeah you know and all sorts of things because we didn't cool. get enough of him in Endgame. Mm-hmm. um so yeah that'd be really cool um. Yeah, I don't know much about Shang Chi on that. <laughs> yeah, no, me, me neither. Uh, and there's a couple of the sequels here that are not confirmed to be in development, but are most likely going to happen. Uh, the first one being Ant Man three. We get the nice little tee shot at the end of Endgame of Cassie, Hope, and Scott all together on the porch, reminiscing, having fun, being happy to be back together again. And uh, I think this is a pretty clear setup for Ant Man three. 
just like in Ant-Man 2, they added the Wasp. Officially, Ant-Man 3 will probably add stature to the mix and let Cassie Lang be a superhero and make this a trio of heroes of size-changing abilities. I thought that was funny that you saw that as a tease for what's next. I saw it as a, oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Cassie are happy, the end. And I was like... I was like, oh, that's interesting what we came away with that differently. I mean, I I, got, I could see it that way. I don't, I mean, I don't know. My gut was we're done with Ant-Man after Ant-Man and the Wasp. See, I think if you were going to be done with Ant-Man after Endgame, like, you'd just kill him probably. Really? Yeah, like, because if, like, if he's not going to... Did you kill Paul Rudd? No, but I, I still, <laughs> I mentioned in our preview, I was like, there's like that 5% chance in me that I'm like, I don't, I, I can't put him in the 100% safe category. Okay, fair enough. And I still, I still think like... I mean, maybe it's the end of him and like his franchise, but he'll continue to be like a oh, pop-up sure. character in the future. Sure. I can see that That's sure the being future, the case. Right? Um, probably. I mean, he could maybe be like in Spider-Man 3 or something. Um, but I'd also love to see him and Jim Renner pair up to be like the heads of like West Coast Avengers because they have like great chemistry on That's the press right. tours and like they love each other apparently. So uh, if that was the case, sure, by all means. And then Wasp is a member there. And then they help like form the Young Avengers or something with – stature and miss marvel and um you know vision and wanda's kids that they somehow make or whatever like there's plenty of possibilities that we can go down um but i still think ant-man 3 it made like a hundred plus million dollars more than the first movie did go with critics uh do it at the box office everybody seems happy with it and i think it's one of those like if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't it's not that big of a deal Uh, i was clearly not like a cash cow for marvel but i still wouldn't be surprised if they like let this trilogy come to a close because they haven't not done that so far <laughs> yeah it'll cost more to like let it fizzle rather than you know step forward right but with like all of these movies in the works it's just like right where's there's when so come? much where's its place mm-hmm. where would anyone be like we have time for three mcu movies right. oh and you know? by the way the fox characters now yours and you can mm-hmm. <laughs> use those so oh, that's right uh I, I, that's another reason why i think you could get all these movies in a very short time frame after endgame and then kevin feige and them can work out all right here's how we're working them in to happen in the immediate aftermath of endgame moving forward yeah and uh then the last thing we have here is just captain marvel 2 again not officially announced but movie made over a billion dollars at the box office and uh it's still climbing thanks to the surge of endgame uh so it's uh it's going to happen for yeah. sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think it's just a question of when does it take place? Cause it's one of those other movies that we thought, okay, well it could be a prequel in the sense that it takes place between 1995 and 2018. Yep. And it can show any of those events her dealing with the Kree scroll war fallout, uh, dealing with the Kree and taking them down. Um, but now there's also, she leaves for a very large uh, portion of Endgame. So you could explore what she's been doing in those five mm-hmm. years off on her own. Why the haircut? Why the haircut? Why the suit change for the like the third time already? Oh, that's or the right. fourth time. Um, there's a lot of different areas you can explore with her, and I think they'll probably stay cosmic mm-hmm. um, instead of yes. going um, the Earth routes with her, even though they'll have to do something on Earth so that way Kamala Khan can have the inspiration to become Miss Marvel um, and take up that name after her, but... Uh, for the most part, I think that uh, Captain Marvel 2 is just has a lot of fascinating possibilities, and I'm open to uh, another early prequel um, in the early 2000s or something. I'm, re- I'm open to a movie that takes place in the five years in, in between and her helping save various different the civilizations and the galaxy that's in chaos, um, but also if it takes place after Endgame and it's like her like taking on like a larger role like with the Avengers or like helping out Fury or whatever, like I'm cool with that. Yeah. Too. We're really going to enter like the wild west of Marvel movies here. Mm-hmm. Just like we're like everything happening all the time and it's going to be like wild to keep up. But I think going more with like a prequel, like you said prequel or something not present for sure. I think like present Marvel movies may start to be like rare for at least a short time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if while like, they hop around, if that happens for this phase, just mm-hmm. to, let the timeline catch back up to 2023 and that way we can pick up like Avengers five or something and be like, and now it's been, uh, you know, only a couple months after Endgame or something or a year after Endgame, And now here's everybody back together again for something else. Yeah. But it's been really like five years since we've seen them all together on screen, but it's only been a year in universe. Right. Like, I can see them like that. Yeah. Happening. I mean, the why is Brie Larson have is, has like a six film contract 
eight film contract? Something nuts? It was reported as seven by THR multiple times, and then she was like, that's not true. So it's like, well, is it less? Is it more? <laughs> right. It's she, unclear. They keep saying mo- it's seven. She's going to be in a lot of movies. Um, her solo, The Why is her solo movie made another billion dollars. It would be the highest, except for Black Panther, probably. Uh, I think so. I don't know if it has a chance to catch Black Panther or not. Maybe. But it's just now the where and who. Like, who does she fight and where does it take place? Yeah, I, I do not know. Uh, I'm interested to find out those answers. Captain Marvel is currently sitting at $1.098 billion. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's close uh, in, the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to catching Black Panther, which currently sits at a final total. I guess it's still at 1.346. So still got another 250 to make mm-hmm. to get there, which is a tough task, but... To beat Black Panther, yeah, it's yeah not, I don't it's think it will. Catch it. it'll probably, but it'll it'll probably it's pass. Still wild. It'll probably pass Civil War uh, for number six all time for the MCU for now until you know, Avengers Endgame, which is just wild to think that Avengers Endgame is probably going to make more than Cats Marvel did <laughs> <laughs> in oh in like three days. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but it's also good. That's not an indictment on Cats Marvel. It's it's going to make more than yeah, another gonna, fifteen Marvel movies as well. It's just enough. It's just crazy. Worldwide all-time records so. oh yeah um but i think that is everything we need to discuss about the future of the mcu and how avengers endgame sets it up on the whole all i can say is i'm very excited about it because we are getting into the the deeper waters where i'm like they can and like with no directees like here's the next big bad or here's these direct storylines that we're leading up to they can really go in so many different ways yeah um and once we get the uh you know the x-men and um the fantastic four involved like we're just gonna keep going in like so many exciting and new uh directions yeah there's gonna be a time for respite here for sure just we're like we're like we're gonna chill for a, like a year or two mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of kick start whatever the next like big succession is yeah whether when it's with like... fox characters or it's with you know galacticus or whatever else is coming yeah and when, and when you say chill you mean still doing Multiple movies a year yes. and Disney Plus shows. Three films uh, three a year, just kind of like telling Marvel lore before, yeah. like you know, jetting off to something. Right? Yeah, new they're they're not slowing down right, in terms of sure. their output. Um, but it'll be uh, fascinating to see, obviously, what happens next uh, and how all these different movies and projects and characters uh, develop moving forward. As I said, that's all we have for this. If you enjoyed this big question and uh, our main show of our of our spoiler review of Avengers Endgame, please be sure to tell us your thoughts on uh, the episodes by chance after the film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head over to iTunes to give us a five star review with comments. Tell us why you enjoyed listening to the show. Thanks again for tuning in to Defense Home Podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.